We now begin Maseches Rosh Hashanah, and this will serve as the general introduction. Maseches Rosh Hashanah, as the name suggests, focuses on the holiday of Rosh Hashanah, the first day of the year, so to speak, meaning the day on which Hashem judges all of creation and allocates resources um, and decides how to do that allocation of resources, as it were. Now, Rosh Hashanah falls out on the first day of the month of Tishrei, which actually is not the first month of the Jewish calendar, as strange as that sounds, and it's the seventh month. And to determine which day is the first day of the month, the way that it worked in time of, of Chazal and the Mishnah, all the way back, is based on two witnesses observing the arrival of the new moon and testifying that they saw it. Now, in English, the word new moon actually refers to the day in the monthly cycle where there actually is no moon visible in the sky. But when I say new moon, I will refer to the arrival of the narrow crescent of the moon's reemergence after that day, meaning the next day after what we would call in English the new moon, where the moon is seen um, typically very close to the western horizon, um, kind of chasing the sun. Right after the sun sets, the moon also sets. And for the first time, it's visible very close to the sun there in the west. And the witnesses who see that will come the next morning and testify they saw the new moon. And that's how a new month of the Jewish calendar will begin. Every month is the same way in the time of Chazal. So really, the first half of our Masechta will be focused on how one establishes not Rosh Hashanah per se, but rather every new month, every Rosh Chodesh. Um, while we're talking about establishing Rosh Chodesh, we'll also discuss um, the various other Rosh Hashanah, the other days on the Jewish calendar, which also serve as the first day of various, let's call them fiscal years, um, as the mission will start out by talking about in the first mission of the Masechta, and we'll talk more about that then. And we'll also talk about how the spreading of the word that the Sanhedrin had sanctified, this as the first day of the new month, the Chodesh, and how that spread around in olden times and later times. And then the second half of the Masechta will deal with the mitzvah of Shofar. Of course, that's the special mitzvah of the day of Rosh Hashanah, as we call it, that we should blow a Shofar. And therefore, the halachs of Shofar will start from the second mission of the third parak and go through to the fourth parak. So the Masechta has a total of four prakim. First two talking about the Kiddush HaChodesh, sanctification of the new months, and the second two focused on the Shofar, the mitzvah of the Shofar. And while we're at it, in those later prakim, we'll also talk about the prayer service that goes on in Rosh Hashanah, special prayer service that incorporates those three elements of Malchuyos, um, Zichronos, and Shofros, um, Hashem's sovereignty, the fact that he is Zohar, he considers and remembers um, all of creation, and finally the our blowing of the shofar um, to announce those phenomena. Now, uh, just a, a moment or two on the astronomy and how Kiddush HaChodesh works. So, everyone knows a year is the time it takes for the Earth to go around the sun. A month as far as the Jewish calendar is concerned, is the amount of time it takes for the moon to reach back to the same stage um, of its cycle, let's say from new moon to moon, new moon, or from full moon to full moon. And that cycle, the, we'll call that the lunar month, it's the synodic month, um, takes roughly 29 and a half days. So since 29 and a half days, that means that 
months in the Jewish calendar will either be 29 days or 30 days. And what determines whether it's a 29 or 30-day month, if it's 29, it's called a chaser, a deficient month. If it's 30 days, it's called a malay, a full, or a ma'ubar, a, like a pregnant month, because it has an extra day. Will depend on the arrival of witnesses. The witnesses will testify whether they saw the new moon the night before, and if they did, then the Sanhedrin, which opens up um, in the morning during the daylight hours, so it will convene, receive witnesses, and if two witnesses are confirmed to have seen the moon the night before, they will declare this as the first day of the new month, um, cutting the previous month short to being 29 days. If no one comes, so then essentially automatically um, the month is 30 days, and then the I'll call it the 31st day, becomes the Rosh Chodesh, the new day, the first day of the next month. If Meaning, if hypothetically it's the winter time and there's a you know clouds for a week straight, we're not going to have a 35-day-long month just because no witnesses came. Now, Chazal have a tradition of the exact precise length of this lunar month. Um, the tradition is that it's 29 days, 12 hours, and 793 chalakim, a chilek is um, the the hours divided into 1,080 parts. So that that number, and which is roughly 12 and a half, excuse me, 29 and a half, is is incredibly precise, um, really incredibly precise. I don't think that um, even uh, NASA had a more accurate measure until I think 1977. So it's it's uh, very very close to being precise, precise. Um, the truth is that from month to month, the length of this synodic lunar month varies because of the geometry, that the fact the Earth is going around the sun in, a, in an ellipse, like an oval shape. Um, but the average is 29 and a half. <clears throat> now, that being the case, and since some months can be longer and shorter, so Chazal rely on the witnesses coming, but they'll sort of double-check them or they'll confirm um, based on their astronomical knowledge. So that would be, as we'll see in the Mishnahites later on, um, so you can't pull a fast one on the on the rabbis and say it was a 28-day month. And if you try that, the rabbis will know that you're making a mistake one way or the other. Now, in the time of Chazal, it was all done by observation. The observations became uh, impossible, I should say. The months were declared to be the new month based on the Sanhedrin Agadol, the Sanhedrin convening in Israel. When it became no longer possible for the Sanhedrin to convene, when it was basically disbanding, as life in Israel became sort of unlivable. So in the la- one of the last acts that the Sanhedrin did in the year 458 of the Common Era, I believe, under uh, a Nasi called Hillel, not the Hillel is in Hillel and Shammai, but someone called Hillel the, the second, let's say. So <clears throat> he, using the math available to him and the astronomy, uh, determined exactly what the whole calendar would be from that point on until the coming of Mashiach. And that's in Hedron were Makadesh. They consecrated each new moon each month um, from from uh, then till the coming of Mashiach. So it was, it was pre-done. They took into consideration when they set up the calendar um, a couple things. Uh, some of them which are not relevant to our discussion here, like, for example, they wanted to make sure that Shabbos and Yom Kippur wouldn't fall consecutively so that you couldn't bury the bed for, dead for two days. Um, but their main consideration was to reconcile the sun and moon cycles. What does that mean? 
We said that each month is 29 and a half days on average. If you have 12 of those months, you'll reach basically 354 days. Now, I'm sure you know that a solar year is 365 days, which means every 12 lunar months are about 11 days shy of one solar year. If we didn't correct that, what would happen is that every year, um, all the holidays would shift 11 days earlier and earlier. That's, for example, how the the Muslims and the Islamic calendar, so they have a totally lunar calendar. And Ramadan can fall in summer, winter, spring, or fall, just, you know, it slowly rotates around the year and at a pace of 11 days a year. We cannot do that because the Torah requires that Pesach fall in the Aviv, in the springtime, when, which means, Aviv means when the, when the grain is ripening. And therefore, in the time of the Mishnah and the Gemara, so the rabbis would essentially look at the end of the year, in the month of Adar, the last month of the year, and see if we're ready for Pesach, and if either the weather wasn't right, or the ripening of the grain wasn't right, or even if things like the streets weren't ready for the traffic, they were, you know, the streets were too muddy and couldn't allow for the pilgrims to come for Lila Regal, so they would push things off another month. They'd make an Adar Bet, uh, a Shnat Mu'ubar, like an, an extra year, excuse me, a leap year, I should say, like with an extra month, and, um, and push off Pesach one more month. After the fixing of the calendar, so that, of course, was no longer an option. Instead, what they did is they ran the numbers and they found that if you if you have 19 years, you run the numbers exactly, I'm going to do just approximates here, okay? But if you if you have 19 years, you're... You, you're, after 19 years, you're about 207 days off. And then um, if you add seven months in every 19 years, you'll recover those those days um, almost exactly. So that's what happened. The calendars we have it today um, is a on a 19-year cycle. In that 19 years, there are seven leap years. It's years 3, 6, 8, 11, 14, 17, and 19 of the cycle. And then it goes around again and again. That's why people's 19th birthday um, always falls out on the same day, plus or minus a day, because of the uh, on the Jewish and and um, and secular calendar, the plus or minus a day is only because there's the possibility of, of the February 29th leap year issue mixing things up by one by one day. Okay, so that's how the calendar works, and how loosely speaking, how Rosh Chodesh works, and. I think that's sufficient of an introduction for now. I would speak more about how the moon works exactly, but I don't, without a picture and diagram, it's, I think it's not worthwhile. Therefore, I'll stop there. And um, now we'll begin the Masechta in earnest, and, and I will do further introductions and explanations, um, piece by piece, of the astronomy and so on, as we see them come up in the Mishnah.